Hello, welcome to the next exclusive episode of the Talk Norwich City podcast. I am so pumped and grateful to be having a conversation with this bloke tonight. He helped City finish 12th in the best league in the world, a potent playmaker, the man who single-handedly put Manchester United to the sword for Norwich City. It's Anthony Pilkington. Pilks, firstly, thanks so much for coming on the TNC podcast. How are things going with you? Hello, thanks for having me. Um... Yeah, we're good at the minute. Um, just coming off the back of uh, three wins uh, at Wigan, so not too bad. Um, obviously, we'd like to be a bit higher up the table, but um, but it's going all right. At the time of recording, of course, you've just gone and beaten West Brom away. Yeah, yeah, that was result. A good result. Yeah, really. Um, and I think we're the form team in the league at the minute. So um, it's took a little while to get um, things going, but um, things are starting to fall in place at the minute. So it's good. Top man. Anyway, enough enough about Wigan. Although we do we do like Wigan here. Um, let's take you back to the beginning, if you don't mind. When you first signed for Norwich from Huddersfield in the summer of 2011, what was your overriding emotion at that time? Because that's that's a big move, isn't it? Yeah, it was massive at the time. Um, obviously, I was I was injured as well at the time, and uh, Norwich actually came in for me in January, and I was at Huddersfield, obviously, and I was still in League One. And we were, I think we were second or third in January. And Dean Hoyle, the chairman of Huddersfield, obviously declined the um, the request of Norwich to take me um, in January. And um, he come to me and said, listen, we want you to stay. Because um, obviously I think uh, Norwich was still in the championship as well at the time. Um, obviously going really well themselves. There was loads of rumours flying around. I remember for a yeah. while it was Anthony Pilkington, Anthony Pilkington. It was everywhere. And so, so when that move finally happened, was it was it a, a sense of relief for you? Was it a kind of a, a nervous excitement that that you'd got to Norwich? Yeah, it was because obviously I've been doing really well that season at Huddersfield, and we were flying, and um, I, I ended up breaking my leg about. Well, I think it was this time, maybe eight or nine years ago. Um, in a tackle, so I, I thought my chance had gone, to be honest. And um, yeah, it was like I say, beginning of March. It was so it was, it was around this time, end of February, begin, beginning of March. And obviously, the interest had come in the January, and I'd stayed at Huddersfield to try and help them get promoted. And then a month, two months later, I've ended up breaking my leg and being out for the rest of the season. So I thought my chance had gone. Um, Dean Oil came to me and Lee Clark said, listen, if you sign a new deal, this was before I broke my leg and stayed to the end of the season. If a Premier League team comes in for you, we'll agree a fee. Wow. Um, and it had to be a, a certain amount. And um, and then obviously uh, Norwich got promoted and I was still injured. I was still in the cast. I was still in my um, air boot and on crutches beginning of the summer. Um so I thought my I thought I'd miss my chance. Obviously, bad timing, um, that, but that's just football. Honestly, Pilks, that's um, just a hell of an emotion to go through, isn't it? Because I was yeah, that was literally was, my next yeah, question is huge, yeah, I mean yeah. that, that almost ended your career that that challenge, and all of a sudden you're in the Premier League with Norwich City. I mean, your head must have been all over the shop, right? Yeah, like I say, it was all over the shop. Like you say, it could have um, ended my career. I was I was lying in the reception at Huddersfield in uh, waiting for an ambulance that took about 15, 20 minutes to come, and I. I couldn't feel me um, foot. I couldn't feel any pulse. So the doctor in the uh, in the reception rooms trying to uh, put me leg back into place, and wow. um, obviously 
a few expletives were coming from my end and <laughs> my wife and my brother and and I think Dean Oyle actually came down from the uh, from the game and he, he was still with me as well um, while I was laying there waiting for the ambulance. So like you say, it was it was massive because I I didn't think I'd play again. Never mind go on to um, my next. Obviously, um, my next game was actually in the Premier League. I mean, what? So what? I, I could have never have dreamt that when I was lying on that reception floor um, at that time. God, I mean, what? What a step! I mean, honestly, I mean, thirteenth of August, twenty eleven, was when you made your Norwich debut. Seventy fifth minute sub, opening day of the season against Wigan. By the way, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Funny how things go around, isn't it? I mean, your your family must have been bursting with pride pills, considering what happened to you. Yeah, well, we were actually on a holiday. The whole family over in uh, Turkey while I was. Um, you know, continuing my rehab. And uh, I got a call off my uh, agent at the time and um, saying that Norwich have come back in for you. And I was just surprised. And then I ended up speaking to Paul Lambert after, you know, things got uh, agreed. And he said that he had, he was teammates with Henrik Larsson at the time when he broke his leg. And he came back fitter and stronger just because of all the um, rehab that he'd done. And um, it didn't worry him that I was that I broke my leg and that I was injured. So he he was massive in the um, obviously in in it all, it all um, you know coming to fruition and, and happening. Uh, he, he was massive. He had a massive part to play in the transfer. Um, and he said, I, as soon as I got down to Norwich, uh, I remember he come to meet me in the training ground and he said um, he said, listen, I haven't got a problem with you. You just take your time, and then as soon as you're ready to go. Hopefully you'll be ready for the start of the season. Um, you'll be flying. He said, "I've not, I've no doubt you'll be flying, and you'll come back even better." And and it's and it's safe to say you blooming flew all right, mate. I mean, tell me about it. I can't do this podcast. I know the Norwich fans are saying, "Chris, hurry up and ask the question." So I'm going to ask the question: What was it like to score that goal against Manchester United? Javier Garrido to Pilkington, flying header drops in just beautifully I mean the arms went out I remember the celebration well you must have just been I don't even know how I would have reacted yeah obviously um was it was it Saturday night on on Sky was it I think it was um I can't remember uh, but yeah it was it was some feeling obviously to uh to be playing against the biggest team in the world at, at the time um obviously they'd gone downhill slightly um, at the minute but um, at the time they were flying and I think did they actually go on to win, win the league that year um, so they, they, they were right in the peak of the powers um, and it was an unbelievable feeling uh, yeah I remember um, obviously the goal quite well I've watched it a few times watched it a few times back that night how many um, times? <laughs> once, once or twice. Once or twice. But no, it was a, it was a great night for the old club. Um, you know, beating, beating Man U when they were at, obviously, like I said, mm. the peak of the powers. It was, um, it, it was some night. Do you look back at your Norwich career, Pilks, and realise just how much you've done for the club? Because to score against Manchester United and beat them, to score against Tottenham away from home, which will go on to a minute and beat them. I mean, literally, I had your that goal was printed on my season ticket for two seasons. Do you realise just how iconic that goal was? Uh, obviously not at the time, um, but then when when you think back, obviously I've matured a little bit now, and I was still young at the time. So uh, when you look back and think, Man United, biggest team in the world, um, right in the peak of the powers, and uh, they were beating everybody, and obviously. 
we beat them at Carroll Road one 0 and it was um, like I say, it was a, it was a great day, and I, I think we actually deserved to win the game as well. So we, we were brilliant on the night, and uh, like I say, it was it was a great squad to share it with um, because the lads the lads at Norwich, you know, even when I first signed there, made it really easy for me to to settle in. Even though I wasn't on the training pitch with them, I was with the physio, so. To be able to share it with a lot of close friends that I still have um, from from there, it's, it was brilliant. And speaking of great memories and, and great nights, another famous victory that we need to talk about is the win at White Hart Lane. Of course, you got one. Then Benno sealed the deal with an absolute howitzer from the outside there. We actually had Wilbrahimovic on the podcast just a few weeks ago, and he told us the story about Harry Redknapp giving the Spurs players an absolute bollocking in the change room afterwards. What are your memories from that that game at, at White Hart Lane? Yeah, it was that. That was obviously another another great day that we had. Um, there were there were a few. Obviously, we had that one. Obviously, Man United, and obviously, Albie tells that story to everyone. He's everyone he meets. <laughs> he, he walks around on holiday telling people that story. The amount of times I've heard that one, it's unbelievable. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't fail to mention he started that one and we won and we went on to play Man City. I think it was after that, and he started that one because the big Man City fan. Honestly, the amount of times I've heard that story. Um, but no, he, he's a great lad. He's I'm still really close to him now. Um, but yeah, like you say, that was a great day. Another goal, and um, I think obviously that was, that was when they had the likes of Bale and Van der Vaart and and, and top, 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 you know, world class players. So. To go to White Hart Lane um, and, and beat them there was was another great day. Oh, tell me about it! And uh, you you you've obviously already told us that you keep in touch with with the mighty Wilbrahimovic, although you won't like me saying that. To his head might get a bit too big. Who who else do you keep in touch with from that Norwich squad? Uh, there's there's quite a few. Obviously, Wes. I'm still really close to Wes. Uh, we go on all day every now and again. We are families, uh, even though he's he's halfway around the world now. Uh, but I still speak to him, you know, nearly every week. See how he's doing out there. Um, he likes the John O's and Ben O's, oh. um, and, and just most of the lads. Really, every now and again, you know, the WhatsApp. Obviously, it was great to play in Wes and Russ's testimonial um, in the summer. So I got to see all all the lads back then and all, some of the coaching staff and that. So that was brilliant. Speaking of um, Wes Pilks, what was it like to play alongside Wesy? Because he was just. He's um, he's an unbelievable athlete, isn't he? Yeah, he is, and obviously, he's, like I say, we're still going all day now. And he's, he's what, what is he now? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight. He's getting he's, on, isn't he? He's still, <laughs> he's still ripped as anything, honestly. <laughs> you put a t-shirt on when was when he walks down down a pool, just because he's he's six pack and honestly, but um, <laughs> what a player! But what an even better guy he was. Yeah, um, he was great to have around the place, and he's so funny and. He was always up to mischief and he, he, he never stopped. That that 2011-2012 season, you're bringing back so many memories now talking about that that squad of players. Our highest finish in, in absolutely yonk, certainly in, in my lifetime. What was it about that squad that enabled you to reach those heights, Pilk? Because there's lots of talk about the team spirit, but where, were there a few? Was it Wes? Was it Holty? Was it Paul Lambert? I think it was... It was a collective. I think it was it was everyone and everyone. You remember back, Paul Lambert used to rotate everybody. So if you played and scored the one week, you might not play the next week. But everybody was fine with it because everyone just wanted everyone to to get along and win. And it, it, there was, I don't think there was any arguments ever. 
Um, apart from when, obviously, Wes kept megging people and always bad tackles because he's <laughs> terrible in training. And um, but he, 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 I think it was just a collective that everyone was together. Even the staff was together. It was brilliant. There was, was so much fun on the training pitch. Um, obviously, we knew um, when to be serious. And Paul Lambert had that that um, you know the, the mentality of. You're here to have fun and enjoy your work, mm. but as soon as as soon as we need to work on stuff, then then that's when the hard work started, and everyone knew. And um, I could say, obviously, everyone talks about the team spirit and the togetherness, and it, it was massive. And I think that's where, why we ended up finishing where we did. I said earlier, it was so easy coming into that group of lads as well. Um, I was still injured, but I, I felt really part of it. Even from the minute we went away to Germany on on the pre-season tour, yeah, I was training with the physios and and the fitness staff, but I felt I felt so part of that. Oh God, I want to go back to those days, Pilks. Um, you, you mentioned there Grant Holt training. Talk to me about that. Was he not a good trainer? What are you trying to say? <laughs> oh, Holt, he was rubbish. Really, Honestly, he was the worst trainer I've, I've possibly ever seen in my career. <laughs> what ever. makes you say that? And I think he, he even knew he was that bad because he started playing centre-half. And we used to do um, Young Behold. So we used to do Young Behold on a Friday, just a bit of um, you know, a bit of fun because we'd done all the work on a Thursday preparing for the, the game. So Friday was short and sharp. And we did um, like a seven-a-side. Young, the young lads would be the old lads. And obviously the young lads, we, we used to beat the old lads every week because um, you had your likes of um Wes trying to meg everyone and then Holty just messing around and <laughs> Steve Morrison, another bad trainer. Um and there was it was can you swear on it, yeah? Yeah, go for it. It's it, not the BBC. It, we had like a shit shirt, so it was all muddy, never got washed. It was oh. I think it was an, a, a really old a really old uh, Norwich goalkeeper shirt. The and shit it never shirt. got washed. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and 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 every time someone lost um, so say the young, say the young lads beat the old lads. Yeah. Then all the young lads could vote who was the worst player, and <laughs> it was it was a straight shootout for Steve Morrison and Grant Hall every week. Oh the wow! The list on on the old lads it was just them two all the way down. Blimey, that is all hell- the way down. What I tell you what the two of them the two of them on a Saturday, two different you you think two different people turned up from the Friday training yeah. to the Saturday because they were both brilliant. Absolute handful. I'm sure you speak to many defenders now. And um, I was speaking to uh, John Terry, and he said, "Grant, oh, he's, oh, he used to give me a nightmare just playing against him." <laughs> and he was so clever. The amount of free kicks and the, just the way he used to bully bully players, and obviously he was a great finisher as well. And um, he worked hard. And I think a lot of people give him stick for his weight, but um, he knew how to look look after himself and make sure he was ready for Saturdays. And he was a great finisher and he, he worked his socks off to be fair to him. But he's, but he's kind of like Tyson Fury is our Grant Holt, isn't he? Because he's not he's not exactly got the, the perfect six pack of abs, but he can use his he can use himself well, can't he? Is probably the right well, that's, thing, that's isn't it? That's what I was saying. Yeah, he, was, he was so clever. As soon as you know, as soon as it was as soon as you put on that yellow shirt and you cross that line, he was he, he was he was top man, he was a leader. And um obviously that's why he's a massive, massive legend at the club. Um because you know, he, he left it all out on the pitch every, every week. Pilks, there's there's a man that I want to. Uh, I've I've not told you that I'm going to ask you this question, so I'm going to I'm going to put you under pressure here. Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, what the hell happened? Because obviously the star opposite of Grant Holt. Yeah, I think obviously um, it, it was uh, obviously I think Chris Hutton brought him in 
um, for for a lot of money at the time, and Norwich hadn't really spent that type of money, so um, there was a lot of pressure on him to to produce straight away. And I think he actually scored on his on his debut. Yeah, game, he did. Um, yeah, against Everton, if I'm right. Yeah, correct. Um, and we, we all thought he was going to kick on. He was he was great finisher in training, and we all thought he was going to kick on from there. And um, obviously things didn't materialise. Um, but he was a good lad to have around the place. Um, and obviously Holt, he was there flying as well. So, uh, so it, it was tough. It was tough. You must have felt sorry for him. To, trying to fill, fill the boots of, of Holt. Yeah. Um, coming off the back of a lot of, uh, you know, spending a lot of money. It was, it was tough for him. And obviously the Premier League's a, a tough, tough place to play football. And yeah. um, I think obviously it was a little bit a little bit more defensive than we had been under Paul Lambert. So we probably didn't get the chances that uh, we were creating, you know, in the previous years. So mm. um, it was tough. A word on Paul Lambert then, Pilks. We don't like to talk about him too much anymore for obvious reasons. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, yeah. at, at his peak with Norwich in the Premier League, he was a hell of a force to be reckoned with, wasn't he? I mean, I've, I, I only met him a, a few times, but every time I was close to him, there was this aura of power of authority did you feel the same way yeah he was he was brilliant right right from the right from the moment i spoke to him over the phone to meeting him um you know down at corny uh the first time i met him and then he he you just had that air of presence you know around the training ground he he used to fine everybody for calling him mate leon barnett he had he had him up the wall he had barney up the wall did, did the gaffer anything <laughs> he'd literally find every two minutes with Barney's you know Barney, Barney's not the brightest and he's forever calling the gaffer mate and he's like what'd you call me he's like ah me and gaffer he's got 50 quid in the morning <laughs> and he'd, he'd turn around and say, if I was sat next to Barney at the dinner table he'd say if he doesn't bring me 50 quid in the morning you're getting 50 quid as well so you come and remind me wow. so I had to go and remind Paul Lambert that Barney owed him 50 pound otherwise <laughs> I'd get fined as well Cool. What what um, pressure that is, by the way. Well, obviously, we weren't allowed um, our phones in the training ground as well. So what he'd do after training, if if everyone was in the change rooms, he'd, he'd sneak in, he'd take his boots off, and he so no one could hear him coming. <laughs> and next minute, the lads would be in the lockers, like texting, and he'd be just stood over somebody's shoulder. Really? I remember Simeon Jackson one, one day. He was texting for about two minutes, and all the lads were dead quiet. And um, Paul Lambert had been stood there for two minutes and he read his whole text while he was there. He didn't even know he was there. So that was obviously a fine for him. Um, Did you ever get a big yeah, fine, so, Pilks? Um, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave That's that one out, shall we? For another day, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Day. I like um, that, I like that. Maybe maybe when I've retired and okay, stuff like right, that, we'll, a few of the other boys have as well. So We'll book, um, we'll book you yeah, in for we'll, round two to reveal yeah, what the fine was for. Years, a few more years for that. In, uh, but no, it, like, like I say, the Ori had around the place. Um, Elliot Bennett once, has gone back to Wes as well, up to Mischief. Elliot Bennett bought a brand new Range Rover um, a couple of months into obviously signing. And um, lovely car it was. Um, big black Range Rover brilliant and uh, Wes went and got his keys when he was in the gym and he parked it in um, Paul Lambert's space so obviously when when Paul Lambert's turned up he's brand new Range Rover in his space so he's gone to park so he's come running down the dressing room who's is that who's is that Range Rover in my space who's is it whoever it is better move it now 
And then Ben also said, well, what's he shouting about? It's like, oh, there's a, there's a Black Range Rover in space, brand new. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Because obviously Ben was a new player, so yeah, um, he's had to run out and try and move it. So he's called him <laughs> in the office and said, you're getting fined. And he's like, it wasn't me, Gaff, I didn't park it there. He's like, right, well, you're getting fined and whoever did it is getting fined as well. <laughs> obviously, Wes is just in the back giggling like he does. He's brilliant. Oh. Well, that, that's just the, the type of squad that we had. Everyone was just brilliant and everyone was just having a laugh and knew when to be serious and, and when we could mess around and, and, and we did that. Pilks, um, contrasting emotions now, I want to talk about uh, obviously a bit of a dismal season, 2013-14, relegated from the Prem. In your opinion... What went wrong? Um, obviously, things, um, like I say, that togetherness and that become a bit disjointed. There was new faces coming in and, and, and going out. and um, It was a bit like a revolving door, I think, really, in the, in the changing rooms. And um, Obviously, we didn't hit the heights that we had a couple of seasons before. And uh, I think the lads started to, obviously didn't enjoy training and stuff like that and you could see the, the enjoyment kind of faded away and um, for, for obviously one or two reasons um, and then like I, I'm obviously disappointed the way things ended with you know the way I ended up leaving and hmm. towards the end of that season and obviously going into the pre-season and obviously leaving as soon as the season started the season after so um, it was disappointing obviously getting relegated from the Premier hmm. League and I would have liked to have played more of a part mm. of that year, um, especially in the second half of the year. Um, so yeah, that was that was obviously massively disappointing. But when I when I look back at my Norwich career, it's you know it's very fond. I look back very fondly mm. of it, um, getting mm. to you know, follow follow a dream that I always had of playing in the Premier League. Pilks, what makes you say that you were a bit frustrated about the way it ended up? Um, obviously. Uh, you know, towards the end, the back end of my career, getting left out of squads and stuff like that. And um, when I, I thought I should have been playing and mm. uh, stuff like that, really. And obviously, I come, come into the pre-season under Neil Adams and had a good pre-season and come into the first game of the season and I was, went down to Wolves and weren't involved. So, um, and I knew pretty much then that the writing was uh, was on the wall and I was just disappointed how it, how it all ended, really. I mean, you, you scored a lot of goals in the Premier League, didn't you? I mean, f for a midfielder, you chipped in consistently. And considering the injuries that you had as well, would you say that you were perhaps frustrated at your time at Norwich? Or would you say you're actually quite satisfied given the amount of game time you had? Uh, yeah, obviously you look back now and I think in my first season, I, someone said I scored eight, eight goals in my first season, um, which now at the time... You know, being being a young a young player, young homegrown player, and at, at the time that I was, uh, obviously you, you're going for a lot a lot of money these days. Mm. And, and I was having a laugh with you know with a few of the lads at Wigan. They were like, "You scored eight goals in your first year in the Premier League and, and didn't get a move." I was like, "Yeah, I know." I said I had a few sniffs and that. I said, "But I didn't even get a new contract. It was just deemed as doing your job." <laughs> and. Um, he was like, you didn't even get a new deal. I was like, nah, nah, I didn't get a new deal, nothing. It's just I got told that's that's what I was brought in to do. But if you look back, if you look now, scoring eight goals in your first first season in the oh, Premier League, yeah, definitely good. You're worth a hell of a lot of money. Um, so, but no, I'd look back very fondly of it. I've 
I got to play um, in the Premier League and score goals at some big stadiums and play against the the best players in the world. So um, obviously, I wish it lasted a little bit longer, but um, it wasn't to be. I was going to say, Pilks, if you could go back to to any moment because you spoke there about those big stadiums, those big players that you came up against, those goalkeepers that you beat. What was the moment? If you could go back and just taste it one more time, what would it be? Um, I'd say going back to that first season, it was it was just a right right from signing from the, you know on the dotted line to the end of the season. It was it was just a it was just a great year. It was brilliant. Everyone was you know just so happy to be there, and obviously it was Norwich's first year back in the Premier League. And um, it was the first, I think, no, I don't think anybody had played in the Premier League in the whole squad. So it was new and fresh for everybody, um, if I remember rightly. And um, every, everyone was just just buzzing for every weekend and obviously watching match of the day. And I've watched match of the day all my life um, growing up as a kid and, and, and seeing yourself on match of the day. People like Alan Shearer, my hero, obviously being from Blackburn. Yeah. Um, talking about your goals and talking about your your performances and stuff like that. It was just, obviously, you had to pinch yourself at the time. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm, I, I feel proud for you, even even just even just listening to, to it now. Um, Pilks, I, I have to ask you this question because I'm, I'm getting the sense of frustration out of you, actually. I can, I can feel that. And if you don't mind me asking, did, did it end on a bit of a sour note with Neil Adams? Because all of the interviews that I've looked back on, that I've listened, that that have been all of the articles that that have been um, that have been produced around your move, you seem somewhat at the time you seemed quite relieved and pleased that you were out of Norwich. Do you do you actually feel like that? No, no. I I love being down there. Um, I, I loved you know playing with the lads, and I, I love being at Carroll Road, and I'm sure you would have seen that. You know, just coming back from the testimonial, um, you know, in in, in the summer. For great Wesley, day, great day. Testimonial yeah. it was a great day, and I love being back there and you know seeing the fans again and playing playing down there. And I always I always like playing there. Obviously, I played there for Cardiff and scored a couple of goals, scored a couple of goals in the testimonial. Yeah, I'm always, happy with you for that. By the way, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I, I was frustrated the way it all ended and. Obviously, Neil Adams had different ideas. He wanted to bring um, the young lads through, and obviously, I went down to that first game at, at mm-hmm. Wolves, and I was in the squad, mm-hmm. and I got left out. And obviously, Neil done an interview saying that I was injured, which obviously I wasn't. I was part of the squad, and it was it, it was just all got a little bit messy from that. And then Cardiff came in after the uh, that um, you know things weren't going so well, and that, that's when I ended up leaving. So. It was disappointing because you know it was probably my the highlight of my career playing in the Premier League for Norwich most definitely. So, um, so, so speaking yeah. of that, Pilks, what have you made of, of Norwich this season, in the Premier League? It's been a tough season for Norwich, isn't it? Yeah, it's been tough. I always thought it would be tough. Obviously, the way the way they went into the games uh, the season before in the Championship, uh, very open and very attacking, very good football. Um, but it was always going to be tough to you know to, to kind of do that against your world class players and and play out from the back like 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 they did um but they've had some great performances i watched the game i watched well most of the, some of the game on uh, friday night and you know they were brilliant and it's good to see the young lads coming on and scoring 
scoring the goals. Um, but it's it's been tough. Hopefully they can get out of it and put a little run of games together now where they can give themselves a, a fighting chance at the end. Good man. I, lo- I love to hear, I love to hear the fact that a former player is still watching us. Um, I- I'm going to be a bit brave now, Pilk, so I'm going to, I'm going to put some transfer speculation in the room. So bear with me. You don't have to answer the question, but yeah, I'm sure yeah, Norwich fans would appreciate it. Did you almost go to Ipswich before Wigan? There's Paul there Lambert rumors. factor in there. There, there was, was rumours, rumors, wasn't oh, there? Um, yeah, it was, Obviously, I was, um, you know, looking to get out of Cardiff at the time because I hadn't been playing, and, and uh, Neil Warnock had told me that I wouldn't be involved in the in the in the squad, and and that never materialised in the summer. Nothing really came of it, and then Paul Lambert rang me up in January and said, "We we you come and help us out because um, obviously they were really struggling at the time, and I had one or two offers, but obviously Paul Lambert was a massive draw for me and." Obviously, I know the massive rivalry between uh, Norwich and Ipswich, but I, I just wanted to play football. I've yeah. missed, I've missed six, seven months, eight months of, of not kicking a football, and um, you know I was frustrated. I just really wanted to play football, and my family had just moved back up to Blackburn at the time, so it was going to be a long commute. And uh, me, me granddad had just died, and I said to Paul, like, obviously, oh, I'll, I'll come down and play um, and 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 help you out, and. I think obviously a few few other clubs got wind of that, and then Wigan come in last minute, and obviously with my family being in the state they were losing my granddad, it was I had to I had to let him down unfortunately um, for him, obviously not for not for Ipswich, but um, I, I just really wanted to play for him again, just because obviously what he did for my career, wow. uh, signing me at Norwich when I was injured, so um, I really wanted to play for him, and I, I was obviously gutted that I had to let him down, but I had to make a decision on on my family's behalf um, mm. and I had to be up here for them as well. That says an awful lot about who you are as a person though, Pilks. It really does. Um, you know, rivalries aside, of course, as a Norwich fan, we're pleased that you didn't sign for Ipswich. But it says a lot also about the the sheer amount of respect and, and, and everything you have for, for Paul Lambert, the fact that you, you know, you struggled to turn it down despite the fact that, you know, your, your family needed you up north. It, it just, you know, it says an awful lot about you and, and your relationship with Paul Lambert. So thanks for opening up about that. I really appreciate it. Um, no, Pilks, um, lastly, obviously, there's a lot of Norwich fans listening right now and and, yeah, and, they, yeah. and they've been so, so pleased to, to, to hear from you. Do you have a message for them at all? Uh, no, just obviously thanks for supporting me and my time down there. Um Obviously, I, I had my best years in my football playing in the Premier League for, you know, in front of um, in front of the crowd at Carroll Road. So it was it was brilliant. So thanks for the support, and um, you know, I'll always remember it. Top man, thanks so much, Pilks. And that's all we've got time for in this episode. But we are going to book in a round two to find out about what you got fined for, Pilks. I'm going to hold you to that. I'd just like to say <laughs> a huge thank you to you for coming on, and of course to all the Norwich fans listening around the world right now. If you've enjoyed this one, don't forget to give us a five star review on iTunes, and make sure you're following at Talk Norwich City on social media for the best city content on the internet. What do you think of this episode of the TNC Podcast? Why not give us a tweet now, and I'll make sure we reply to you. Finally, there's only one thing left to say do you know what that is pilks on the ball city yes on the ball city (laughs) cheers pilks